You're listening to the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast. Remember to like, share, comment, subscribe, and click the bell to make sure you get the latest episodes of the podcast. Be sure to like and share our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast. On today's episode of the podcast, we review the T20 International Series between Australia and England. It's the Dibbly Dobbly Podcast, and let's get started. Let's have a look at the results from this T20 International Series between Australia and England. The first T20 was played at the Perth Stadium. England won by eight runs. Alex Hales was named player of the match. The second T20 International was played at Marta Cruerville. England won by eight runs, and Darwin Milan was named player of the match. And the third and final T20 National from Marna Kroeville, it was a no result. England won the series 2-0 and Joss Butler was named player of the series. Let's have a look at Australia's performance with both bat and ball in this T20 International series against England and talk about their performance in this T20 International series overall. Now, Australia had a bit of a mixed series in this series with both bat and ball. It wasn't their best series with both bat and ball. So let's talk about the batting first before we talk about the bowling. So Mitchell Marsh was the leading run scorer for Australia in the series with bat. 81 runs he scored. Warner with 77. Stornis with 65. David with 40. Uh, Wade with 31. Finch with 25. 16 to Maxwell. 7 to Smith. And 1 to Green. That's how the Australian batters went about things in this series against England. Now, let's talk about the Game 1 batting. And in Game 1, Australia were chasing 209. was going to be difficult. The pitch was a good surface to bat on. A lot of runs were scored on that pitch in Perth. Uh, got off to a bad start in the run chase. Cameron Green was gone for 1. Australia 1 for 15 inside 1.1 overs. Then David Warner combined with Mitchell Marsh. And their partnership of 71 for the second wicket uh, kept Australia in the game and kept Australia up with the required run rate. Uh, Mitchell Marsh then departed soon after for 36. Australia then soon after lost Aaron Finch for 12, run out by Sam Curran. Australia were 3 for 105. Warner was the key if Australia were to, uh, were to uh, chase down 209 runs. David Warner and Marcus Stornis combined, and that partnership got Australia back on track in the in the run chase they added 53 runs for the fourth wicket this partnership was the key for Australia if they were to win the match um, then Mark Wood and a batting collapse from Australia uh, sort of set Australia back in this match in uh, in the first game of the series Australia had a batting collapse and Mark Wood was the destroyer uh, Stornis was out for 35 um, Australia 4 for 158 then Tim David got out for a duck um, Australia 5 for 158 then the wicket of Warner for 73. That was the key wicket for England as Mark Wood took three important wickets of Stornis, David and Warner. And that pretty much set Australia back in the match. Australia was 6 for 173, um, falling behind the required run rate. But Australia had Wade at the crease and Australia needed Matthew Wade's finishing skills. Um, Matthew Wade tried his best. He had partnerships of 15 for the six wicket. Uh, with David Warner, 20 with Sams for the 7th wicket. He was involved in a controversial obstructing the field incident, but Butler chose not to appeal it. Nearly got Australia home, but once again, um, he fell short. Matthew Wade didn't quite get the job done for Australia. He got out for 21, and then the game was done. 
Um, some positive signs from game one with the bat for Australia. David Warner batted well for his 73. Didn't quite get Australia over the line, but good signs for Australia going into the T20 World Cup that David Warner's batting is uh, looking pretty good. Um, Osa Mitchell Marsh batted well. Um, showed good signs, batted at number three, coming back from injury. He looks pretty good, um, scored some runs, and uh, positive signs for him ahead of the T20 World Cup. Marcus Stornis, under pressure, uh, showed some good signs, coming back from injury, batted well for his 30 thro uh, 35. And uh, those two batters in particular, um, very good signs for Australia in terms of, of them uh, returning to full fitness and hopefully performing well in the T20 World Cup. But in game one, Australia lost wickets at the wrong time. That set them back. And in the end, it was a, um, a good effort with the bat to try and get close to chasing down the runs. They finished on 200 at the end, eight runs short of the target. Uh, but, they, but they did very well to try and chase down uh, 209. We then go into the second game of the series, which went to Canberra at Manukau Oval. The batting was pretty much the similar... A similar story as it was in game one. Uh, chasing 179 this time in Canberra in the second game was chaseable, but the pitch was a bit slower compared to the fast, bouncy surface in Perth. Once again, Australia had a batting collapse, got off to a bad start. They lost Aaron Finch for 13, then David Warner for four, then Glenn Maxwell for eight, then Stornis for 22. Australia were four for 91 inside 11.4 overs, behind the required run rate early on in the innings. Um, they had partnerships of 23 for the fifth wicket between Marsh and David, 31 for the sixth wicket between Wade and David, and 25 unbeaten for the seventh wicket between Wade and Cummins, kept Australia in the match, but it wasn't enough in the end as they fell short. Once again, Australia had batting collapses, losing wickets at the wrong time again, top order collapsing again, something Australia need to fix ahead of the T20 World Cup. Poor shot selection from the Australian batters. But once again, positive signs from Mitchell Marsh, who batted well, got in and got set, scored 45 runs, but got out at the wrong time. But good signs for Australia that he's scoring some runs ahead of this T20 World Cup. Marcus Stoinis, the same. Under pressure, but just like in Game 1, he got in and got set. Scored 22 in Game 2, but got out at the wrong time. But good signs for Australia that he's scoring runs heading into this T20 World Cup. Tim David batted well, scored 40. Got in and got set, but got out at the wrong time. Uh, Glenn Maxwell's lean patch with the bat continued. He got out for eight. And he is under pressure ahead of this T20 World Cup. Aaron Finch returned to open the batting after the Cameron Green experiment. Um, Australia, just like in game one, were in a good position in the run chase, but lost wickets and poor shot selection. Cost them in game two, and also, as it did in game one, cost them in game one as well. So overall, it was a poor batting performance from Australia in game number two of the series. Not their best. And a similar story as it was in game two compared to game one. The last game of the series, which was played in Canberra, um, was pretty much the same as it was in game one and in game two. Um, now, in game number three, the series um, of this series... Uh, the game was heavily affected by rain. So Australia were chasing a revised target of 130 runs from 12 overs. Uh, the game was interrupted due to rain. Um, but Australia got off to a bad start in the run chase, losing 3 for 17 inside 2.5 overs, 
Two wickets fell in the first over in consecutive deliveries to Chris Wokes. Um, Aaron Finch went for a golden duck. And same with Mitchell Marsh. He was out for a golden duck. Glenn Maxwell was promoted to open the batting. David Warner missed out due to a bit of an injury he picked up in the second game where he banged his head on the turf. But it was just a precautionary measure. Glenn Maxwell was promoted up the top of the order. That experiment did not work. He was gone for eight. And his spot in this Australian T20 side is under pressure. Um, the experiment opening the batting did not quite work out. Australia got to three for 30 inside 3.5 overs before the rain came again. And that brought an end to the game. Um, once again, Australia had batting collapses, losing wickets early again. Um, so overall, in a short innings, in a rain-affected match, it was a pretty poor performance with Australia with the bat, losing three early wickets early on. So that's pretty much a snapshot of what happened with Australia with the bat in this series. It was a bit of an inconsistent series. Uh, the concerns for Australia is the batting collapses and the top order not firing. So that's something that they need to work on going into the T20 World Cup. How can we stop the batting collapses and how can the top order try and get better and score runs? Um, also question marks over Glenn Maxwell's form. Um, not a great series for him, averaging uh, 8 in the series, but 16 runs, that's not good enough. Obviously, Aaron Finch has returned to the top of the order. The last two games of the series hasn't been great for him at the top of the order. Uh, as we saw in the West Indies series, he did okay. In the England series, he struggled. Um, good to see Mitchell Marsh back into the runs. Same with Marcus Stornis. Uh, David Warner seems to be scoring runs, and he looks in good touch ahead of the T20 World Cup. Steve Smith only played one game in this series, didn't play in game one or game two. Um, looks like he probably won't start in the best 11 for Australia in the T20 World Cup. So there's a lot of questions for Australia to answer ahead of the T20 World Cup in terms of their batting. It does need some work. In this series against England, they weren't quite at their best with the bat. Let's have a look at the Australian bowlers and how they performed in this T20 National Series against England. The Australian bowling in this series was a bit of a mixed performance. Same with the batting. At times it was good, at other times it wasn't so good. Um, so let's have a look at the bowling and talk about how they went about things in all uh, the three games of this series. We'll start with um, Marcus Stornis. He was the leading wicket-taker for Australia in this series. He took four wickets, three wickets for Ellis, two wickets each for Sampa and Cummins, a wicket each for Kane Richardson, Sams, Stark and Hazelwood. That's how the Australian bowlers went about things in this series against England. Now, the bowling performance in Game 1 wasn't quite Australia's best bowling performance. Now, we've got to remember that uh, Australia's main attack in terms of their bowling attack of Stark, Cummins and Hazelwood and Zampa were rested for the first game of the series in Perth. So it was definitely a different attack uh, compared to other uh, games where Australia's had the main attack. Um, obviously, the attack included uh, Nathan Ellis, Mitchell Swepson, and Daniel Sams, and Kane Richardson. It was definitely a different attack, um, obviously, because uh, Cummins, Stark, Hazewood, and Zampa were being rested. Australia were thinking about long-term, especially going forward to the T20 World Cup. So they decided to play their second 11 attack. And um, unfortunately for Australia, the bowling was quite poor. It was a pretty good surface in Perth. 
the bowlers went for a lot of runs on both sides. Uh, but the, the Australian attack in the first game got their lines and lengths wrong, were inconsistent with their lines and lengths as well. They misexecuted their skills with the ball. They did well to drag it back by taking wickets to keep England to uh, 208 after 20 overs. It could have been a 220-230 score. But Nathan Ellis was the main contributor in terms of getting Australia back into the match. He took 3 for 20 from his 4 overs and he bowled pretty well. Uh, Kane Richardson, who came back into the team for the first game, a part of Australia's T20 World Cup squad, hasn't played in a while, needed to get a bit of game time. It was a pretty much poor performance from him in game one. Uh, one for 39, going at nine runs and over. But it was a very difficult surface. It was a good surface for batting. Kane Richardson looked a bit rusty. Um, I guess the good news for Australia from game one was that Marcus Stornis bowled okay. Uh, which which was good signs for Australia going forward to the T20 World Cup. Uh, coming back from a side strain, good to see him bowling again at the at the bowling crease. So overall, a poor bowling performance from Australia's second string attack, but they did well to peg it back and keep England to 208. It would have been a 220 or 230 score. We then go to game two of the series, and Australia welcomed back the main attack of Stark, Cummins, Hazelwood and Zampa for game number two of the series in Canberra. They bowled well up front to have England 4 for 54 inside 8.1 overs, but the bowling after that was poor. Got their lines and lengths wrong, leaked runs. The skill execution with the ball was lacking. The partnership of 92 for the fifth wicket between Moen Ali and Darwin Milan put Australia's bowlers under pressure and rescued England from 4 for 54 to 7 for 178. Australia didn't quite capitalise when England were 4 for 54. Um, they couldn't break it open. They couldn't seal the game. And therefore, England were able to come back into the match and win the match in the end. Um, Australia tried different bowling combinations in game number two. Hazelwood and Cummins bowled the first two overs. Mitchell Stark came in later into the attack. Uh, Marcus Stornis bowled at the death, leaked runs. Um, Australia tried different bowling options ahead of the T20 World Cup. And also from Australia, the fielding was poor. Uh, they dropped catches. Australia's fielding was very poor, dropping some catches. Uh, Glenn Maxwell dropped Moen Alley when he was on one. Uh, Tim David dropped David Milan when he was on 54. Adam Zampa dropped Moen Alley on 38. But that was a tough court and bold. Um, so costly drops for Australia as Moen Alley and David Milan added 92 for the fifth wicket. And that partnership pretty much got England back in, into the match and they were able to win the second game. So overall, in game number two for Australia, the bowling was an inconsistent bowling performance, and um, Australia would have been disappointed with that bowling performance in game two. Now, in game number three of the series, the bowling performance was a little bit better, but still some areas to work on. Uh, the bowling was okay, did well to keep England to two for 112 and 12 overs in a rain-shortened match. Uh, the deaf bowling was a little bit poor from Australia, still needs a bit of work. Obviously, under um, a bit difficult to be uh, too critical on, on Australia's deaf bowling in the last game because, really, it was a rain-shortened match, um, 12 overs in the end. Um, England were trying to swing out and try and get as many runs as they can, so we can't be too critical about Australia's deaf bowling in, in the last game of the series because, really, at the end of the day, it was a rain-affected match. But still some areas 
to work on there for Australia. So overall, the bowling in game number three for Australia was okay. Um, so that's pretty much what happened with Australia's bowling throughout this whole series. Um, still a lot of work to do. It's still a good attack. The likes of uh, Sampa, Cummins, Stark and Hazelwood. Um, you've got some good bowlers there. Obviously, Marcus Stornis bowling is a good sign for Australia uh, going into the T20 World Cup as he comes back from a side strain injury. Um, obviously, in game number one, they had their second attack, basically, of Ellis um, and Sams and Kane Richardson, who's a part of the T20 World Cup squad, uh, trying to get some game time. So it was a bit of a mixed performance from Australia's bowlers in this series. But um, there's some areas to work on in terms of their depth bowling, trying to execute their skills well at the depth, trying to make sure we execute our plans. Uh, but overall, it was a bit of a mixed bag from the Australian bowlers in this T20 series against England. Let's have a look at England's performance with both bat and ball in this T20 national series against Australia and talk about their performance in the series overall. Now, it was a, a very good series from England, obviously winning the series 2-0. The last game, unfortunately, was affected by rain, and it was a no result. But I think England will be very pleased with how they went about things with both bat and ball in this series um, against Australia, ahead of the T20 World Cup. But let's talk about the batting first, before we talk about the bowling, and talk about how they performed throughout the three games of this series. Uh, Joss Butler was named the player of the series at the end of the day because he had a very good series with the bat. Um, he was the leading run scorer for England with 150 runs. Milan with 107. Hales with 88. Ali with 54. Stokes with 33. And Brooke with 13. So that's how the England batters performed in the series. Let's start with game number one of the series. Uh, scoring six for 208 was a very good score on a really good pitch in Perth. Uh, the Butler and Hales partnership set the turn for England. Pounced on any poor deliveries bowled by Australia's second string attack. Uh, they did the basics well, rotated the strike well, built the partnership nicely, batted smartly. Their aggressive batting was not reckless, but smart. Added 132 runs for the first wicket. Set a nice platform for England to build on. And uh, pretty much it looks like Alex Hales and Joss Butler uh, to open for England in the T20 World Cup. Um, after the Butler and Hales partnership was broken and got out, England struggled with the bat, didn't get any momentum with the bat at all after that, but they managed to get a score of 208 runs from their 20 overs. Maybe missed out on a score more, maybe missed out on more runs, I should say. Could have got 220, 230, but in the end, 208 was a very good score and they were able to win the match. Good signs for England that Butler and Hales are scoring runs leading into the T20 World Cup. So overall, it was a good batting performance from England in game number one of the series. We head over to game number two of the series at Manukau Oval. And uh, for England's batting, it was poor and good at the same time. Um, they batted first as Australia decided to bowl first. Um, England found themselves in trouble in game number two early on. Four for 54 inside 8.1 overs. The batters found it hard to adjust to a slow surface in Canberra compared to a fast, bouncy surface in Perth. Australia had their main attack back of Stark, Cummins, Hayeswood and Zampa, and that really tested the England batters early on. But Darwin Milan and Moen Ali got England out of trouble. They added 92 for the, uh, for the fifth wicket from 4 for 54 to 7 for 178, got England into a good position, could have been out earlier, 
um, this partnership. Australia dropped Darwin Milan and Moen Ali a couple of times throughout the innings. Glenn Maxwell dropped Ali when he was on one. Adam Zampa dropped Moen Ali when he was on 38. Tough, caught and bowled though. And then Darwin Milan got, uh, got dropped by Tim David on 54 and made the most of their second chances. Uh, Darwin Milan batted well as his spot was questioned in this T20 side heading into the T20 World Cup. But that partnership between Milan and Ali got England back into this match and they were able to get 178, which was a very good score as the England bowlers were able to bowl uh, very well to the Australian batters and win the game. So overall, it was a mixed batting performance in Game 2 from England with the bat. It was poor at the start, but then good at the end where uh, Darwin Milan and Moen Ali were able to get them out of a bit of a jam. Um, game three of the series, their batting was good as well. Um, it was a rain-shortened match. Um, two for 112 from, tw uh, from 12 overs was not bad from England in a rain-shortened match. Uh, that put England in the box seat as Australia needed 130 runs off 12 overs on Duckworth-Lewis method. Uh, Joss Butler batted well for his 65 for 41 balls. Good signs for him in England ahead of the T20 World Cup. Good partnership with Darwin Milan of 56 for the second wicket. And he also had a good partnership with Ben Stokes of 49 unbeaten for the third wicket. So it was an okay batting performance overall from England in game number three in a rain-shortened match. So that's how England's batting uh, performed throughout the three games of this series. Um, so it looked pretty good from England. Uh, good signs for them that Butler, Darwin Milan, Alex Hales are scoring runs. Um, so very good signs for them going forward that those three batters um, are scoring the runs. Um, obviously, I think England have already answered the question of who will open the batting with Butler. I think that's Alex Hales. After what we saw in game number one in Perth, that partnership, I think it's a good combination to have Butler and Hales open the batting. Um, ben Stokes has um, got a question mark about his spot in this side. Should he be in the T20 side or not? England seem to be backing him. Um, so um, he did okay in the series. Um, he got 33 runs, but in the first two games, he looked a bit rusty. But in game number three, he was able to um, um, score a bit more uh, freely and obviously trying to get back into the swing of things after missing out for a very long time in T20 cricket. Harry Brook had a quiet series, but we know what he can do. Moen Ali was, was very good in game number two. So England's batting's firing very well. Um, all the batters are scoring runs, which is good signs for them ahead of the T20 World Cup. So overall, a, a very good batting performance from England in this T20 series against Australia. Let's have a look at the England bowlers and their performance throughout this uh, three-game T20 series against Australia and talk about how they performed overall as a bowling unit. Um, the bowling for, for England is uh, going to be a, a very big question mark for them ahead of this T20 World Cup, because we know with the England bowlers, they don't have pace. The only one who has real express pace is Mark Wood. Everyone else is a bit medium pace, fast medium, and a bit similar. Um, so the bowling would be tested in this T20 World Cup, and also in this series against Australia, but the bowling was, was pretty good. Um, let's talk about what they did um, in game one. But before we do that, let's have a look at how the bowlers went about things in terms of their stats. Uh, Sam Curran was the leading wicket-taker of the series for England. Five wickets for him. Three wickets each for Wokes, Wood and Topley. And a wicket each for Stokes, Willie and Rashid. So that's how the England bowlers went about things in the series in terms of their statistics. 
Uh, let's talk about game number one, the bowling in the first game of the series in Perth. Uh, they did well to take wickets on a very good batting surface. Uh, Mark Wood's three wickets changed the game in England's favour when he dismissed David Warner for 73, Marcus Dornis for 35, and Tim David for a duck. Uh, that spell of bowling pretty much changed the game uh, for England in that game because Australia were getting close. In the end, Australia finished on 9 for 200, and England were able to win the match by eight runs. So it was a very good bowling performance from the England bowlers on a very good batting surface in Perth. And uh, without lacking, without having that express pace, they had Mark Wood, and he was able to generate that pace and cause the wickets and the collapse that Australia had. And that pretty much changed the game in, in England's favour. So overall, a pretty good bowling performance in game number one of the series from England. Game number two, the bowling performance in game number two at Marnaker Oval uh, was pretty good. The England bowlers did a good job, picked up wickets when they needed one, uh, were able to keep the pressure on the Australian batters. Sam Curran was the pick of the England bowlers. He took three for 25 from his four overs. Um, they bowled a good line in length, executed their skills with the ball, um, and were able to pick up wickets and able to win the game for England. So in game number two, the bowling performance was very good, and all the bowlers did their role and took wickets when needed. Um, game number three of the series which was the last game of the series in Canberra at Marnica Herbal, um, the bowling performance was very good. Uh, was excellent, in fact. Um, now, we've got to remember that the last game of the series was a rain-affected match. Um, so England's bowling at the start of Australia's innings in that uh, run chase in the last game was pretty good. Um, England had Australia three down for 30 inside 3.5 overs. Chris Works doing the damage took two wickets in the first over in consecutive deliveries. He removed Aaron Finch for a golden duck, caught by Brooke, and then Mitchell Marsh, next ball for a golden duck, caught by Mark Wood. Um, he took three for four from his two overs, uh, Chris Works, um, and Australia were three for 30, in trouble early in the run chase. But unfortunately, the rain came again, and that brought an end to proceedings in game number three. So the bowling from England in game number three was pretty good. And it was a pretty good bowling performance from England in a short bowling innings in game number three of the series. Um, so that's a bit of a snapshot of how England went about things in the series with the ball. Um, the, all the bowlers did very well. They all took wickets. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the bowlers go in the T20 World Cup. But I think the performance they put out in this series against Australia will give them tremendous confidence knowing that we can take wickets on these surfaces despite not having the express pace. Uh, the only one who has that is Mark Wood, but he's going to be managed. But um, pretty good signs from the England bowlers. They're all taking wickets. They've got confidence. Can they translate that into the T20 World Cup? That will be the next question. But, but overall, all the bowlers did very well, and they were able to win the game for England and um, help them win this series 2-0. This T20 International series between Australia and England was an important series for both teams as they prepare for the T20 World Cup. Australia would be disappointed in how they performed in this series against England. This series has highlighted some areas of concern for Australia as they look to improve ahead of their title defence. England will be happy with how they performed in this series against Australia, but will be still looking at the areas to improve on ahead of the T20 World Cup. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. 
Be sure to subscribe and click the bell to get the latest episodes of the podcast and like and share our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Until next time, keep safe and bye for now.